There's a black or a white X marked back here. So they put a piece of tape here. I don't know if they. I think the sound guys are trying to get me to stay right here. <clears throat> ain't gonna work. Amen. <clears throat> Take your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 13, chapter 13 of the Book of Acts. And if you would please stand for the reading of God's word, if you are able to. Just gonna read two verses. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just two verses tonight here. Acts chapter 13, look with me down, verse 21 and 22. And afterward they desired a king, and God gave unto them Saul, the son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, by the space of forty years. And when he had removed him, he, <coughs> excuse me, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony, and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. We want to look tonight at that thought there that David was a, a man after God's own heart. And I want to preach a message I've titled, Getting a Heart for God. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening asking that you would just meet with us. And Lord, I pray that you just stir our hearts to live for you and to serve you in this day and time in which we live. And Lord, give us a heart after God. And Lord, I pray that you would just strengthen us, Lord, use us in a mighty way. May you be glorified, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. You know, I don't know about you, but over the years I've thought about different ones in the Bible that you look at their lives and you begin to think about their life and how that God used them in a powerful way and how that God was able to take them and, and reach multitudes of people. And sometimes you think, boy, it'd been nice to have been this person or that person and to have been through some of the things that that they went through and see how God used them and so forth. You know, uh, some of you probably sitting there thinking, yeah, boy, I'd like to have been Elijah and call down fire upon some people, you know, but I don't think that's what God would want, amen? Uh, but the fact is, is that David stands out many times in people's hearts of, boy, wouldn't it have been something to have been David and see God do the great things through David that he did in your own life. God speaks about David and says that he's a man after his own heart. And that should stir us in a way that causes us to think, well, if David can do that, cannot I do that? Sometimes we look at people in the Bible and we think that there's something completely different about them that nobody else could be like them and, and accomplish some of the things that they accomplished. And I realize that God chose men out and done great things through them that, that would not, he would not normally use and do in our lives, such as uh, Elijah calling down fire from heaven and so, and the son of the miracles he did, and also Moses leading the children of Israel out and, and having the power with God that, to uh, call down the plagues and so forth. Those were, yes, those were special things. But many times what we don't realize is that the people in the Bible are just like you and me. Just like you and me. Just common folk. Just common folk that can be used of God. Just common folk that God wants to do a great work in your life and through you for His honor and glory. Well, we find that David was just like you and me, as we said here in, Sam, in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Said, in verse 11 it says, And Samuel said unto Jesse, are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, and fetch him, for uh, we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was a ruddy, and withal of beautiful countenance, and of goodly and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. So he had looked at all the brothers of David, 
looked at them and, and he actually thought that Eliab was the one that was going to be because of his size, because of his stature and, and what he's seen on the outside. He thought he would be the one that he was to be anointed so that uh, he would be king over Israel. But God said, no, he's not the one. He went through all the boys and he couldn't find anybody until he came to David. And David was like you and we are. He had struggles with his flesh. He, he had fears. He had depressed times and he sinned just like we do. You see, many times we put people on a pedestal and we don't stop and realize that they're just like us in many respects. So what's the difference? What's the difference? Well, even though David is like you and me, there stood out one thing in the eyes of the Lord. David's heart was for the Lord. David's heart was for the Lord. He said, well, preacher, can we have that? Yes, most definitely. In 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, talking about Eliab, because I refused him. Now, notice what the Lord's looking at here. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. You hear me constantly talking about the heart with salvation. It's not just praying a prayer. It's not just getting baptized. It's not just a, a, a going to, it's with the heart that you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. It's not just an intellectual receiving of Christ. We can do that with a lot of things. Oh yeah, I'll conform to that. I'll say this. I'll do this. I'll pray this. No, it's with the heart. But, and so many times we fail to realize that after salvation, it's the heart that we're to live with for God. David was a man after God's own heart because he had a heart for God. He loved the Lord. He sought the Lord with his heart. He cared about the Lord uh, that was more important to him than anything else. His heart was consumed with God. And so he, as he was uh, uh, living for the Lord here, we find that the Lord says that he was a man after his own heart. David was a man that gave his heart to the Lord. So God blessed him even when, now listen to this, even when David failed him. God blessed David even though he failed him. Because David was a man after God's own heart. He gave his heart to God to live for him and continue in that direction. David trusted in the Lord with all of his heart. In, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, we find the, the battle that we so many times talk about between uh, Goliath and David there. In verse 36 it says, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. He's talking to, to Saul here. Nobody would go out and fight the, Goliath. And he says, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. And David said, Moreover, now listen to what he says. He said, The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. He had confidence in the Lord. His heart was turned that way. He didn't sit there and figure out, well, nobody else wants to go fight him. Nobody else. Man, they look at the size of that fellow, and he said, I've seen him over there, and, and at this distance, he's big even at this distance. He's got to be huge when you get up to him. David didn't even consider those things. He was a man that, that of war, and he had a shield. He had a sword. He had a spear. He was a huge man. He defied the armies of God. And David's heart came to a point when nobody else would go and fight for the Lord. It wasn't about being a hero. 
It wasn't about being something that somebody else wasn't. It wasn't about getting notoriety and, and having his father... Uh, uh, land uh, uh, untaxed and, and going free. It wasn't about all that stuff. It was about God, the God that he loved, that his heart was so engulfed in, the God that he, he prayed to, the God that he, he cared for, the God that he, he lifted up, the God that he worshiped, the God that he praised, the God that he sang to continually out there with those sheep and looked unto the Lord. He said, I'm not going to let this man defy the one that I love. His heart was involved in what he cared for, and it was about God. He said, listen, it's my heart. He cared about the Lord with all of his heart. You men sitting here tonight, if you was out in a public place and some man or come up and begin to belittle your wife and speak ill of her and say things against her, what would you do? What would you do? You'd probably tie into him. You see, well, at first look, see how big he was. <laughs> then I'd send the, send the wife to the, to the car. You know what? Because you love your wife, you'd stand up for her. Not because you knew that you could whip him. He might be bigger than you. But if you really love your wife, you're going to defend her. You're going to defend her honor. It might not come down to fist fights, but you're going to get up in that guy's face. And you're going to defend her because you love her with your heart. And here's David he loved the Lord so much with his heart, he could not stand what he was hearing this Philistine, Goliath, as he cursed the God of heaven, as he was making a mockery of the God of heaven. What was the difference between him and his brothers? What was the difference between him and the other men? I'll tell you what it was. His heart. His heart. He loved God that much that he couldn't stand the thought of that Philistine defying the name of the Lord God of heaven. And so what you find is David says, listen, he said, I'll, I'll take you and do to you the same thing that, that uh, I did to the to the lion and the bear, he said, I, I, I was able, God enabled me to, def, to defeat them. He said, I'll do the same thing with you. He was not only was he going to defend, but he knew that his God with his heart, that his God would help him. He was trusting the one that his heart was in. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean on to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. He was trusting the one that his heart was engulfed in. How about you today? How close is your heart to God? Well, preacher, I'm saved. And I love the Lord. I thank Him for, for uh, saving me. But what about living for His honor, magnifying Him, and standing up for Him in this old wicked world because you love Him with all your heart? You see, 
I'm finding more and more Christians today that Christianity, yes, they're saved, but <clears throat> it's like, you know, <clears throat> they're not that close to God anymore. They're not walking with God. They're not taking, taking it to heart what's, what's happening and, and their heart's not in, in, invested in the Lord. But we got to get invested with our heart. Not just with a little bit of time, but with our heart. We get invested with the Lord to live for Him, to serve Him, to, to magnify Him. David trusted in the Lord with all his heart. He trusted that he would defeat that giant. And God did. David had his heart's desire, had a heart's desire to build a place for the Lord to dwell, so that he could dwell near him. In 1 Chronicles chapter 22, and David said, said, Solomon, my son is young and tender, and the house that is to be builded for the Lord must be exceeding magnificent, mag magnif magnificent, of fame and, <clears throat> excuse me, and of fame and of glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. Then he called for Solomon and his son and charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, My son, as for me, and that's what he says, it was in my mind to build a house unto the Lord, or unto the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Thou hast shed blood abundantly, and hast made great wars. Thou shalt not build a house unto me, because thou hast shed much blood upon the earth in my sight. David had a desire. That desire was this. He could not stand the thought <clears throat> that he lived in a palace. And the ark of God, the place of God, was in a tent. He wanted God to have a more prominent place. He wanted God to be magnified. But he wanted that place to be a, a place that, that would be close, that he could be close to. Now the Bible tells us that we're the temple of God now. What, knowing not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have God, and you're not your own, for you've been bought with price, therefore glorify God in your body and spirit, which are God's. We're the temple of God. But when is the last time you thought about the closeness of God in your heart? When's the last time that you said, Lord, I want to be as close to you as I possibly can? That means making room for you in my life. That means making room for you in my heart. That means making room for you in my daily activities. That means making room for, for you in my decisions. That means making room uh, for you in every area of my life. That's what David would say. He said, Lord, I want to make a place for you. I want to make a room for you. I want to make something where, for you to dwell. And God says, okay, now we're the temple of God. But my friend, does God dwell in that temple uh, with freedom and, and have the whole content of your life and your heart? What we need today is we need a heart after God. Say, God, I want to give it all to you. Lord, I want to be close to you. Lord, I want everything about my life to, to magnify you. I want everything in my life to glorify you. I want everything in my life to, to lift you up, Lord. I want you to have my heart. I want to be that closeness and that nearness to you. So many times we walk out those doors right there and, and we head out into the world on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and Thursday, Friday and Saturday, and we give so little of our heart to the Lord. 
We're all, and I understand we're busy. We have, we have jobs and we have this to do and that to do and, and everything going on. But my friend, if, if, if you give him your heart, he is ever near. Ever near. Close. Close at all times. Beyond our comprehension. God wants that close walk with you and me. But you got to give him your heart. You see, too many things today in this world takes up part of our heart. Too many things of the world today is calling for your life and for your heart and for the things of this, of this, excuse me, of this life is trying to, to take you away from the, 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 from the Lord. And we need to give him our heart. David's heart was, had a desire to build that place for the Lord, a place of nearness. We were the, the temple and we should build it for him to magnify him. And then we find that David had a song in his heart for the Lord. Can I tell you something? Every Christian, I don't care whether you can carry a tune in a bucket. It doesn't matter with everybody looks at you with, with their eyes crossed when you start singing. You ought to have a tune in your heart. You ought to have a song in your heart. For the Lord. There ought to be something. You say, preacher, why a song in your heart? Did you ever notice that when there's a song in your heart, it's generally because you're happy about something? Unless you're one of those from way back years ago that your song in your heart is gloom, despair, agony on me, deep, dark depression, excessive misery. You say, preacher, you watched that? Yeah, I did. <clears throat> The fact is, is that, listen, we need a, a song in our heart for the Lord. A song of praise. A song that magnifies God. There's something about a song in your heart for the Lord that draws you closer. There's those times that, that maybe things are heavy on my mind and, 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 and you're going through the day and you're thinking, man, just everything's not going right. And I'll reach over, maybe I'm in the truck, and I'll turn on some good gospel music, carry some CDs in there, or I've got some on my phone, and I'll start playing those, and I'll start getting that song in my heart. And it's amazing. When you begin to sing and you begin to praise the Lord in song, how it lifts that heart. Do you know why? Because most of those songs that we sing, I'm talking about good gospel songs. I'm talking about the, the good old hymns of the faith, amen? I'm going to tell you something. You can't replace the good old hymns of the faith. Amen. They're good. Now, there's some other good songs, too, good Christian songs. But, man, I tell you what, those, those hymns of the faith, they, they have a message in them. They have a message in them. And it begins to lift your heart. Because it begins to put your eyes on the Lord instead of your problem, instead of yourself, instead of the difficulties in the world, and your heart begins to melt around the Lord and you begin to think about His goodness. We need a song in our heart, a song of praise, a song that brings honor and glory to His name, a song that lifts Him up. Look what David did here. The psalmist, and, and David is the psalmist here, and these I'm going to read. He says in Psalms 28, 7, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him. And I am helped, therefore. My heart greatly rejoiceth with, us, with my song. Will I praise Him? 
You see, a song in your heart is a song of praise unto the Lord if it's the right song. That's why the world is continually coming out with all kinds of junk and trying to get your heart wrapped around the old junk songs of this world. That's why it's important what you listen to. Because that song, I will, a lot of times I'll wake up of a morning and there'll be a song already rolling in my heart and my mind. And boy, does it ever start the day off right. And boy, it, it puts a, it, you begin to think about that song and you begin to think about the Lord. The psalmist said there in Psalms 13, 6, I will sing unto the Lord. Because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Psalm 30 verse 4. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his. Give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Psalms 104 verse 33 says, I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. David continually had a song in his heart for the Lord. And so should we. In fact, the Bible tells us that speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in, uh, in your heart to the Lord. A lot of times we, we think about singing and making melody, but it says unto the Lord. That's who we're, our heart is focused on. That's who our heart is supposed to be about. What about your heart? Does your heart contain that song of praise unto the Lord. There's sometimes, oh, songs will, will, will come and be singing that song. And boy, I tell you what, it, it just begins to, to strike the chords in my heart. And I begin to almost want to weep. And I just want to praise God. Sometimes I do. If nobody's around, because I think they'd think I was crazy, I might shout a little bit. Oh, yeah. Why? Because my heart is stirred for the Lord. We need a heart that's stirred for the Lord again. You know what? Every one of us can get stirred up over something. We get our heart stirred up over what's going on up in Washington. We can get our heart stirred up over, over the finances. We can get our heart stirred up over this. We can get our heart stirred up over that. Uh, and, and it just amazes me what we can get our heart stirred up over. But why not get your heart stirred for God? Giving your heart to the Lord living for the Lord in such a way that the Lord says, as he did of David, that you're a man after his own heart because your heart has been given to God, not just flopping around to the things of this world. So David had a song in, in his heart, but David had a song in his heart that drew him near. David praised the Lord from his heart. In Psalms 86, 12, he says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with all my heart, I will glorify thy name forevermore. Can I ask you something? You click this off in your mind. When's the last time that you really praised God from your heart? I'm not just talking about something that has, oh, praise the Lord. Found my keys, praise the Lord. Oh, there's an extra $10 in there, praise the Lord. And sometimes we use that as just wording. God's not interested in wording. He's interested in praise from the heart. From the heart. You say, well, preacher, does everybody have to hear me? No, they don't. Because that praise is to him. 
But when is the last time, honestly, when is the last time from your heart that you actually said, talk to the Lord, say, Lord, I just want to praise you, I just want to thank you, and meant it from the heart that it moved your heart. It's okay to do it publicly, but I'm just talking about any time. Sometimes we give, we give testimonies and we get up and say, I just want to thank the Lord for saving me. Can I ask you something? Is that just wording? Or is it coming from your heart? Say, preacher, that's nitpicking. No, it's not. I'm trying to get you to see how important it is for us to give our heart to God. The lost world can say, I just want to thank the Lord for this. Or thank. You'll see... I've seen this before. I don't, I don't watch them, but over the period of time, I've seen clips of it or whatever. And, but these uh, uh, movie stars, when they have their awards, I don't know, whatever, the Gram uh, uh, maybe Grammys for, I don't know. Anyway, music or, or the, a lot of times the Hollywood, whatever, whatever stars they are, the, the trophies they give out and, and these awards and everything. And they, I just want to thank the Lord for helping my movie go big. It was an R-rated movie. Really? And you want to thank God? I'm going to tell you something. Your heart was not there, and God wasn't there. What I'm saying is this. God's people need a heart after God. A heart. So much so that we will praise Him from our heart not just words that we think that we're supposed to say, but I mean it comes from your heart, and it's really heartfelt. He also speaks of, in Psalms 106, one, he says, Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Psalm 109 in verse 30 says, I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yea, I will praise him. Among the multitude, even out in front of people, I'm going to, he's praising him. Why? Not because he's trying to be a, 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 put on a show, but because he wants people to know his God and he loves his God and he's not ashamed of the Lord. And from his heart, he's lifting him up in praise and worship. Like David, we must tear away our old deadness of our flesh and praise and worship the Lord. A lot of churches, and it could be this way here. <coughs> There is a deadness and a coldness. I've preached in churches. You could skate down the middle aisle. I skated. It was just so dead. And boy, you get up there and preach, and it's hard to preach. I mean, it's like, why are we even here? And then you get in some, man, they're, amen, and they're happy about the Lord, and they're praising the Lord, they're singing out. That's why it's important for you to sing. You say, Preacher, if you heard me to sing, you tell me to take up the offering or something else. <laughs> no. Sing out to the Lord. Praise Him. Worship Him. Lift Him up. You know what? I know some people, you get a little tight sometimes if you see somebody raise a hand. Why? If it's coming from the heart, it doesn't matter. Sometimes some of you will shake loose and, and get right with God and say, Amen. Why be worried about that? Man, I tell you what, we're, we're talking about the God of heaven. 
the one that saved our souls, the one that's taken us to heaven one day, the one that cares for us and, and died on the cross for us, and, and he, he gave us uh, uh, provisions and, and, and protection, and, and, and he's coming again for us. And why not say amen? Why not say praise the Lord once in a while? Let it come from the heart. Well, I'll tell you what, if your heart's in there, you can't help but let it get out once in a while. Say, well, preacher, we're not like you. I understand. And you ought to be glad. But the fact is that we ought to have a heart for God. David encouraged himself not in man but in the Lord. It's because his heart was in, in, towards the Lord. You remember how that David was on the run from Saul and he went and joined to the Philistines and he was going to go out to battle with the Philistines on their side basically and, and go against Israel. He really wasn't. He was going to fight for Israel. But he got sent back and when he got back to, to the little town that they had there, all the women and children and, and everything they had was gone and Ziklag was burned. And even his men thought of killing him. And they was down and distressed. Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 30 verse 6 says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because of the, the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David, and most of what he says, encouraged himself in the Lord. We need to seek the Lord in those difficult times. The preacher, it's kind of hard when you're going through a hard time. No. That's when you really ought to be seeking the Lord. Those are times when your heart ought to be on fire. Lord, I need you. And your heart is stirred for God to intervene. And it doesn't matter what happens around you because you know that it's in the hands of the Lord. And you begin to encourage yourself. Though everything else fails me, God will never fail me. Though, though everybody else uh, forsake me, God will not forsake me. Though everybody else uh, turn away from me, God won't turn away from me. I, my God is, is a God of heaven that loves me and oh, I love him and I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. Maybe those that are going through health issues and you're facing difficulties. What do you do, preacher? You encourage yourself in the Lord. Why? Because he has the answer. One way or another. He's got the answer. He has the plan. One that we may not really care for but while we're here, but one day we will understand it and we'll know that it was the right thing. And what we find is that we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord and have a heart after him. He is our strength in the difficulties of life. As I said, David was just like you and me. And David sinned. David had struggles. David sought the Lord to restore him when he had sinned against him. The psalmist says there, and David writing the Psalms, I have, have mercy upon me, O God. According unto thy loving kindness, according to, unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. David, what type of transgression did David have? 
He was a great man of God, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He was thought of by many as a, as a great king, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He walked with God, didn't he? Yes, he did. God empowered him to defeat the, the lion and the bear. Yes, he did. And he caused him to, to defeat the Goliath, the great Philistine. Yes, he did. God did all that. God gave him the kingdom. God blessed his, his, uh, his reign there. And, and he was able to defeat the enemies and, and bring a peace, basically, into, into the kingdom. Well, wasn't he a man after God's own heart? Yeah. But he also committed adultery with Bathsheba. And then he had her husband killed in a battle. You see, he's made out of the same stuff you and I are made out of. He faltered and he failed and he sinned against the Lord, just like you and me. And here we find in Psalms 51, he's praying unto the God of his heart. He says, have mercy on me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. He said, Lord, I've sinned. What brought David to that place where he would pray a prayer like that and write it down in the psalm, which is a song? His heart did. If you really look at those words, David was, had a broken heart because he had sinned against God. David had a heart that was broken because he had failed the Lord. David had come to a place finally where he acknowledged, he acknowledged his sin. He, he, he wasn't proud of it, but he acknowledged it to God. Why did he do that? Because he wanted God to have his heart. Because he didn't want anything standing between him, his heart, and the Lord. Because he wanted that relationship restored. Because he wanted to be that man after God's own heart. Because he wanted to walk with God again. Because he had a desire to see God do great and mighty things with his life. Because he loved the Lord. Down in verse 10, notice what he says. Create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. David knew how important the heart was to be clean before God. Oh, Christian, listen to me. We're made out of the same stuff David is. And we at times need to have a heart cleaning. There's times we need to be like David said, I acknowledge my sins. They're ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned. He said, create in me a clean heart, God. He said, I want that heart to be clean. I want that heart to be on fire for you. I want that heart to praise you. I want a song in my heart to lift you up. I want that walk. I want it, you to be everything in my life again. 
He says, create me a clean heart, O God. And then he says, renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and, upon, and uphold me with thy free spirit. David said, listen, I've lost that joy. Why? Because my heart is not where it should be with the Lord. Can I tell you something tonight? Every one of us goes through those times when our heart's not where it should be. And we lose that joy. It just seems like you just got to push yourself. Push yourself to read the Bible. Push yourself to pray. Push yourself to pass out a gospel track. Push yourself to, to talk about the Lord with somebody else. But boy, when you got that joy of the Lord in your heart, when that heart is clean, where that heart is where it should be, boy, it's a joy to talk about the Lord. It's a joy to identify with God. It's a joy to, to sing praises unto Him. It's a joy to tell others about your wonderful Savior. Can I ask you something tonight? Is your heart in a position that it should be with God? Are you just doing what you do out of duty? A lot of couples are married and they stay together not because their hearts love one another but because of duty. You say, preacher, isn't that right? Oh, it's right to stay together. But it's miserable. It's miserable. I've talked to a lot of folks and their hearts have grown apart and something else has their heart. And they're miserable. But you find a couple that you see them doting on one another all the time. You see them cast that eye over and look at them. Every once in a while you see them wink at one another. John does that to Mary, but that's because he's got something in his eye. <laughs> and you see that closeness in their life and that sweetness. There's a sweetness about that type of relationship. And and there's just something about it that words can't describe how their hearts are for one another. Do you know what God said? That's the way our relationship with Him should be. That even words can't describe the closeness of our heart to God. Oh, how we need to have a heart that's after God. To live for Him, to serve Him. That He's constantly on our minds, constantly on our hearts. To live for him. David said, I need to be honest. And we need to be honest about sin, about things that get between us and God. David was in no way perfect. But David had a heart that sought the Lord. Tonight, what about your heart? I'm not saying that you don't love God. But is it a heart that's after God? Is it a heart seeking Him to get as close as you possibly can? What's your heart seeking? 
Mark 12, 30, and I close. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. It's amazing to me, you look at those scriptures that there, and they always put to seek him, to give him all the heart first. You know why? Because if he has your heart, he'll have everything else. Give him your heart. He said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. A heart that's after God. Tonight, can I ask you, has your heart grown a little cold, a little distant maybe? Best thing to do is get on your knees for God. Say, Lord, I, I don't want anything between us. What is it? Show me what it is. I want that sweetness again. I want that, I want that song back in my heart again. I want that praise uh, back in my heart again. Lord, I want that trust back in my heart again. I want that excitement about the things of God back in my heart again. Lord, I don't want to just go to church out of duty. I want to go and enjoy you and enjoy the things of God. Enjoy the preaching. Enjoy the singing. Enjoy the, the word of God. Lord, touch my heart again. Touch my heart. Let's bow. <coughs> Lord, I thank you for loving us. <coughs> thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, may we seek to give you our hearts. Lord, it might be said of us one day, just as it was of David, that we as a man or a woman after God's own heart. Have your will, Wayne, invitation, Lord. And may we, even at this time, even in our, if we feel like our walk is close to you, may we say, Lord, I want it to be better. I want it to be sweeter. I want it to be closer. Have your will and way, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, no one looking around.